0: Hello, welcome to the Savage Southerner Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Paul H., and today we're going to talk all about my favourite guitarists. Yeah, It's a very personal podcast today, but it's also going to be very educational for anyone who hasn't heard of any of the guitarists I'm about to list off. And if you haven't heard of them, it's probably because, in all fairness, you're much younger than me. Now, I've actually, what I've done, I'm keeping out bands that, although they may have awesome guitarists, I can't specifically say which one has played lead on what song. Prime example is Iron Maiden. Now, Iron Maiden have got three fucking amazing guitarists, but it's hard to differentiate who has played what. So, (laughs) you have like, you have a song with like, say, a song's got two solos in it, uh, where you don't know if Adrian Smith played that solo or if Janet Gears played that solo. Or if Dave Murray played that solo. At one point they all took the lead, have taken the lead parts and other people have taken the riff parts. Or they've all played the same lick at a different position on the fretboard. So it does get confusing. But never Iron Maiden have got fucking shit-hot guitarists. So there you go. Uh, another example of that would be Judas Priest. You've got two fucking amazing guitarists in there. Mr Glenn Tipton and KK Downing. Um, I believe it's KK who has had moments where he hasn't been in the band. But, uh, irregardless, uh, on the material I've got of them, the pre previous albums and that, they're, they're just two fucking great guitarists. And again, lead has been shared between the pair of them. So, yeah, there's another one. Another example, I've got a couple actually, is uh, Slayer. Uh, Slayer are... I think Slayer are an acquired taste. Uh, Slayer definitely. I think some people definitely lost some of the um some of the love for them after uh Kerry after Kerry after Jeff Hanneman died, and the original drummer was replaced. But anyway, the point I'm I'm talking historically. Uh, again, Jeff and Ke- uh, Kerry King have the lead has been shared between the pair of them. I think often Kerry King got more notice than Jeff Hanneman because Kerry King is is is, is an iconic image of metal. Great big hench bold bloke, tribal tattoos, like an anchor chain on him, a uh, big big user of a uh, BC Rich uh, guitars which have often quite extreme look like a it's got an evil headstock and often a V-shaped body. And uh, Jeff Hanneman's guitar would look it looked more standard, if you could call it that. Still had a uh, pretty savage headstock, but uh, f- f- still they're both fucking amazing players, in my opinion. Again, a lot of people would say that they're not, but you have to bear in mind they're a th- they're an early thrash band, and for the music they were putting out, it worked, it really worked. They were not as They weren't the same as like Anthrax or Metallica or Megadeth. It was still like that was the big four thrash bands uh, in the uh, early '80s. Whereas um, Slayer definitely went for more of a uh, a scary um, uh, attempt, scary image, Uh, scary scary sound music. So you can like play right up the high end of the of the fretboard and. Have a have a solo which is like the same six notes uh, played just <laughs> repeatedly. But again, the idea was there was, was the music was fast, heavy, scary, and that was uh, Slayer's format. And yeah, they uh, dipped it, it dipped a bit, but for when they when they were at their peak, they were at their fucking peak. And I still think they're good guitarists. I mean, there's some... Because there's some things there that are hard to play because of the speed of it. It might be easy, it might just be... Oh, I was just a few notes around here, but often, you know, the faster music is... It's still about timing. You've still got to get that timing down. Otherwise, it's going to sound shite. Um, good example, that would be a song called Rain in Blood. Now, that's possibly one of the most heaviest riffs ever. And it's... It is really... fuzzy. And it sounds easy, and it looks easy, and there's more examples of that that I'm going to be listing off. You'll hear a band, and you'll think, "Well, all these songs sound the same. It's easy," but you be you you just got to miss that timing by a fraction, and you will realise, "Oh sh- sh- shit, <laughs> you know you so you got to get it right." Even if a band's got four chords and uh, the pentatonic scale, if you if you're not nailing it right. It's gonna sound shite. So uh, yeah. So that was my, that was my example of um, uh, while I'm not counting Slayer. While I'm not I'm not picking out the guitarists work individually because I can't hand on heart say this person plays strict lead and this person plays strict riffs because it's not always the case. Uh, another example I would say would would be Megadeth. Ta- we'll talk about Megadeth because although he um was although Dave Mustaine took took you know the um he was the vocalist and uh, did cover the riff section of uh, most of Megadeth's songs, he can still throw down uh, some serious lead work as well, uh, be it solos or little um, crazy licks. That he uh, that he's chucked in uh, again. Uh, Megadeth of often uh, changed guitarists. I know th- I would know them best with their work with uh, Marty Friedman. Uh, and again and again. So I mean, I still I love their music, uh, but I wouldn't again. I wouldn't be able to pick out. The, again, it's it's good guitar work. Whether it's as good as other guitarists, I'm going to list off. Well, again, at what point was Dave playing the lead here? At what point was Marty playing the lead here? And again, if I'm hand-on-heart honest, I don't know much about the other guitarists that have been in the band uh, throughout their career. So, there's that. Uh, While we're talking thrash, I'll quickly... uh, Scott Ian is the only only constant member uh, that I'm aware of in Anthrax. But Again, they've changed band members quite often uh, I think certainly early on um he's more of a riff player than a lead player but is a good guitarist and the last of the bunch as I say would be Metallica now although he is more of a riff uh, Hetfield is a riff player he's, he's he's a good riff player I'll say that he is he's, he's good he's good with some of the chunky riffs they have come out with um Hammett. Kirk Hammett is, is a good guitarist and a bloody good teacher. I'll be talking about him later. Uh, I think he gets, a, Hammett gets a lot of flack because he uh, does use the wire pedal quite a lot. But that said, it he doesn't use it necessarily in the worst way possible. And, uh, and again, you know, I mean, what songs people might think they start off a bit May be a bit boring or a bit repetitive. He, well, you know, on a on a fair whack of their songs, when he opens up with a solo, you 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 sit up and listen. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was a bad guitarist. <laughs> Definitely better than me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I wouldn't put him necessarily up with the 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 clouds that I'm listing uh, the others. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess there's a, there's a little bit of a brief of, um, yeah, bands that have got mixed guitarists who have shared lead uh, parts. They are, um, you know, the main reason I'm not counting them is because I can't differentiate who is more of the lead player and who is more of the riffer. Like I say, excluding Metallica. Excuse Metallica. Anyway, I'm going to crack on with the first, and I think most people... It, you got you got to say he's the best really and that is of course Jimi Hendrix now no one done anything with the electric guitar like or with any guitar no one done anything like Hendrix before Hendrix and he was uh, a <laughs> he he was a demon he was just a complete demon i remember um i think it was bill hicks said that uh, he said hendrix was an alien you know they brought him down. He's like, here you go, Jimmy. Show him how to do. We'll pick you up in twenty odd years. <laughs> but he was, he was phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, and a lot of the, um, you know, the, the his use of uh, wah. But uh, the, I mean, the way he, the way he played was just. He was a he was a beast. He was a complete beast on the guitar. I remember when he came over to America came over to uh, to England his first trip and uh, the amount of guitarists around it was sort of like, well, I'm gonna take the guitar home and use it for a coffee table now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's the point? Um, and yeah, I mean, I- in- influential. I mean, if you see a ba- you see a guitarist nowadays play the guitar behind their back, over their well, but be- oh, uh, behind their head, pl- you know, pick the pick in the teeth and you know, play the guitar with your teeth or whatever. N- no one would have done that without Seeing Hendrix do it, and um, I think mean, I remember my, my parents had the uh, had a video recording of um, clips from Woodstock, and I remember seeing Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner, and uh, that rendition was just, uh, it fucking blew me away. Absolutely blew, astonishing work, <laughs> you know, it, it, criminal how good he was, uh, especially the um. The, uh, the 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 dive bomb section you know which was again of course you know I mean this was a time of the Vietnam War where America were uh, were dropping bombs on Vietnam and uh, the um oh the the, the sound of it the, the it was just it was just vicious the guitars had the guitars screaming at him you know I think it was I think it was the Isle of White festival um the picture where he's uh, where he'd set fire to the guitar it set fire to the guitar and was just like holding on to it by the um by the tremolo b- um bar and just wow like lifting and bashing the guitar up and down and oh it was just it's just something else absolutely something else and uh, yeah I think you know guitarists wouldn't do what they do now if it wasn't for uh, the influence of Jimi Hendrix which is why I think you've always got a put him up there whenever you're talking guitarists rating guitarists his name always has to be up there because people just wouldn't have done what he had done were it not for him they you know they wouldn't have the audacity to even consider playing the guitar behind your head or playing the, you know, with your teeth people just wouldn't have done it no one, no one. who'd have thought about the idea like setting fire to your guitar but you can still get sound out of it, so still, <laughs> still fuck about with your with um with your guitar, even though the fucking thing's burning. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, inf- master, absolute guitar got mar- a wizard, wizard of the guitar. Uh, next, as the, this next one will come, is no surprise to anyone. I've often mentioned them, and uh, as as of course, Brian May. Of Queen, uh, no one. This is the, th- the thing about Brian May is no one, at all in the world, has his sound. No one. I've got the the um, uh, Digitech Brian May uh, effects pedal, and it has the tones of his. You know, you play from here and here and here, but it it doesn't sound the same at all. I mean, so that, that, that that's the t- right. So it's got that rich sus- uh, sustained tone from the Bohemian Rhapsody solo, so I'll I'll play the Bohemian Rhapsody solo using the pedal, using the um Brian May Burns signature red special guitar I've got, and it's like it still don't fucking sound the same, and it doesn't because it can't, it absolutely can't, and, and uh, the thing about I mean talent aside, take take his talent aside, no one had done anything. Like he had done. The, the the concept of someone building their own guitar and having in their head the idea of how they wanted the harmonies to work. Um, hence, where he's got the phase switches on, you know, I'll put this pickup out of phase, this pickup out in phase, out, to get these different combinations of, of sound from the guitar. I mean, so, 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 that alone that alone stands him aside from anyone else um yeah I mean I, th- he, I think he was he was influenced by uh Jeff Beck who, who was a fucking phenomenal guitar I think that's why Brian May used Vox um that and uh Vox was a B, uh, British name so uh there was that and uh but yeah I'll just I'll just fucking I'll, I'll hands down salute Brian May's ability as well because you know I mean yeah you got like uh, some other ba- other guitarists that I'll be giving a mention to some of them play you know the speed they play at is just ridiculous and ridiculously fast players and you know you can taking every note up and down a 24 scaled guitar um, but with Brian May can make one note one note sing like some like a solo fucking choir member in the biggest cathedral in the world ever. It it's just ah, oh, such a rich sound. And again, you know, as I talked before about his technique of how he was able to like um layer the the sound. Again, using you know, with the use of the harmonies that he used, you know, and this is in phase, this is out of phase and playing with um like you didn't use a coin you played with a um a british sixpence coin uh the and of course the idea of like the, the even the like you know, the texture of metal upon metal rather than uh plastic uh, feel against metal I know i mean you, you do get metal picks but again i think it's something simple as the dimensions of um uh circular coins as opposed to the dimensions of like a triangular-shaped pick, it's all these little subtle things that uh, that go into his playing, which makes his playing just phenomenal. And it's not, and again, it's not just the sound; it is the technique. It's like I mean, throughout, like you know, the countless Queen songs where he'll have a solo. I mean, I imagine, like, here's an example, as a solo matching out to the lyrics, lyric structure of Somebody to Love, you know, and I mean, that's fucking brilliant, absolutely fucking amazing, because you're thinking like, you know, they're singing, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, da 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 take a look, da-da, you know, and um, of course the solo comes, down down da 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 and it's like oh fucking it's phenomenal it's just it's again criminally good and um obviously queen as a band have inspired in you know (laughs) countless thousands that have come after them and uh yeah hands down brian may is a fucking demon demon on the guitar um, that's why I do. That's, I think that's why I'm um, uh, the track uh, "My Bijou" of the uh, Innuendo album. Again, if you go back, I've, I did a podcast reviewing every Queen album, and I, I talked about it there. And it, it, how that song is structured: it's a lead guitar. Uh, there's like a a vocal a vocal solo, if you like, and then lead guitar again taken out. And it's not played fast. There's, uh, it, it's slow tune to it. There's like these bend, the uh, you know the, the bends in it. It's like everything is at the right place constantly, and it's, well, I, as I say, it's just again, it, you know, the, the, there's just not there's not a guitarist like him. There is not a guitarist like him at all. There is no sound like his. Remember the first time I was, I was listening to the uh, radio and rock show. This was back in, I think it was 2001, uh, and uh, there was um, there, you know, there was a song coming on, and uh, I was sort of like, <laughs> you know, I was listening, add it on in the background, and I was drinking a cup of tea, and uh, I'd switched it on, and I'd missed the beginning of this song, and uh, I, the so- I heard the solo to it, and I was like, that's Brian May, that is, that's fucking Brian May. And they said, yeah, at the end, and uh, that was the Foo Fighters in Brian May covering Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd. It's like, it was Brian. I knew it. I just knew it straight away. You hear that note. It, uh, Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that note, and oh, you know. You know straight away. Straight away. <sighs> well, I can't talk about Brian May all day. <laughs> we'll, uh, We'll step on. Uh, I mentioned Jeff Beck earlier. Uh yeah a, a, a slow player an instrumental player but what a fucking player um again and the thing i noticed for him is a uh, he's not a pick player he use um he's a uses his uh, fingers for playing and oh that's fucking good <laughs> the song was it um i think there's a song the song's called where were you and uh, it's all it reminds me of um some fantasy film that I uh, watched from the 80s I can't fucking remember it now but again again it's an example of how you don't need to play like ridiculously fast or ridiculously heavy to be fucking ridiculously good um, and he done a uh, he done a instrumental with a Somewhere Over the Rainbow <laughs> And, well, yeah, that sounded shit. <laughs> you, might, you want to hear it good, listen to him play it. And, uh, like I said, I think, uh, I think, um, as I say, I know Brian and May was inspired by him. And, uh, yeah, from what I've... I mean, I don't think I've actually heard a a, a song song, if you like, by Jeff Beck. He's in it. I've only ever heard instrumentals from him. And uh, each time it's just been fucking brilliant. His, his, his touch uh on the uh on the guitar is oh, it, it's beautiful this is that that is the term that is the term for his his work is beautiful there we go it's like looking at a painting you know it's really fucking good uh we'll stick we'll stick with the british players uh Richie blackmore famous for uh, a couple of bands obviously deep purple and a uh, rainbow a uh, big uh classical inspired um player they done a version of um they didn't do a version of it they've they done a Hall of the Mountain King uh, in which they sampled the uh, classical piece by Edvard Greg Hall of the Mountain King if anyone's not sure it's um it's the Alton towers and um that's really good that's a really good song and again let's say that in the, in the guitar work the guitar work in that's fucking brilliant uh yeah a real a re- a, re- a really good guitarist really good and the way he blends in class he he has a nice mix of um classical with the rock music as well what's another brilliant one of them was um, somewhere in time i mean the vocals on that are dangerously awesome but the, the song splits up it starts 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 fe- starts light and then there's a really brilliant heavy section of <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant the way he carries it fucking brilliant well worth a listen uh, he, he's done some like uh, folk mixed stuff as well it's like medieval folk, like more like medieval style rock and it's really fucking good. Really good. Uh I'm gonna pop over the seas now and talk about Mr Joe Satriani. Oh fucking hell he's good. a uh, fucking a wizard. A guitar wizard. Um inspired countless said uh as I was talking about Kirk Hammett earlier, um yeah, taught Kirk Hammett. A uh, couple of bits and pieces, and uh, I mean, you you listen to his he's it's fucking incredible, incredible album, incredible album. Well, there's lo- there's a lot of them. Uh, obviously, the main one, the most po- most popular, the one that made him most would be um surfing with the alien, and uh, there is there is not a bad track on that album uh, at all, at all. He's he. he a demon and another case of I'd say an alien maybe not Hendrix level. So, so what again what you've got to remember is no one done anything like Hendrix before Hendrix no one done anything like him but the the things that um uh that, that Joe Satriani has has done and still does is brilliant. he he has created what space what is referred to as alien sounds that he is able to do on the, I mean he'd do things no one would think would work as well you know uh and he's just fucking brilliant absolutely phenomenal if you like guitarists and you like instrumental guitarists work listen to some Joe Satriani like I said I-, I would say get surfing with the alien they're flying in a blue dream that's a fucking brilliant album uh you still had hair on that album um But it's, again, brilliant work uh, of that. So, yeah, have a listen to Joe Satriani. He's fucking brilliant. Talking about Satriani, I've obviously got to give a quick mention to Steve Vai, because he as well was taught a couple of bits and pieces by Joe Satriani, even though I think he's a couple of years younger than... Yeah, he's only like a couple of years younger than uh, Satriani, or Satch, as he is known among his peers. And... uh, yeah Steve Vai Steve Vai is a fucking crazy player. <laughs> again um yeah on one of the uh, G3 concerts that were done G3 was uh, the the concept of there was you had, uh, had three like big famous guitarists mostly you know like famous instrumentalist guitarists yeah Steve Vai just Satriani and then a the third one I've got a DVD with a uh, again we got Satriani Steve Vai and uh, a guy I'll talk about a bit later um, Ingwee J Malmsteen and uh, that's a fucking brilliant album <laughs> that's, a, that's a brilliant DVD uh, and yeah um, so i talk about Steve while he comes out he's got this like three necked guitar it's, not, it's like okay so one of them's got 12 strings I get that one of them's got 6 strings I get that what's the other 6 string one for uh, but um, brilliant <laughs> it's brilliant work and he's a uh, his um uh, vice quite famous for having a uh, a, a handle throughout the the body on his guitar um, and uh <laughs> he's he's fucking great again again uh, fucking brilliant uh mentioned him just now so I'll mention him again uh Malmstein. now if Richie blackmore had um hints of classical in his uh, Malmsteen was basically a classical rock player. Um, lo- loads of classical inspirations in his music, and uh, it was heavy and blisteringly fast player. Okay. Blisteringly fast. Um, I think he got a bit repetitive later on. Some of it, some of the later albums in the career may have been. Uh, later albums may have been a little bit not quite on par with what. Came out when he when he but his his early stuff definitely is just fucking crazy, ab- crazy music and again fucking brilliant, awesome player, awesome player. Let's see what else. I actually did write a li- little list because I do get forgetful, especially when I'm talking about music. I my mind wanders if it's uh, something I get passionate about. Uh, where are we now? Where are we now? Ah, yes. Uh, it's Aussie. Uh, big Aussie band. Uh, ACDC. I mentioned them before. We're talk about uh, Mr. Angus Young. I was, I was talking earlier about... Well, I think I was going to talk about Slayer. Uh, you know, uh, four chords in a pentatonic scale. And they've been going for... I think, I think ACDC would go about 40 years or something like that. And... uh what I like about Angus is he is he, he's so such a raw player and by that I mean in terms of pedals he does there's no pedals no crazy effects they, they, they don't even go super crazy with um with their with their overdrive I think they've just got like standard a standard distortion and and yeah all the all, all their all his solos are uh, the pentatonic scale but god does he make it work i fucking he, I, the thing about ACDC as well is they are not a boring band. <laughs> they don't do ballads. They are they are a balls out rock and roll band. Uh, no airs, no graces. They just they just come out and like boom, give it to you. And uh, yeah, they're and of course he famous for his like little stage um presence. He comes out in like a little schoolboy uniform and duck walks along the stage as he plays along obviously um uh, chuck berry famous for doing that but um <laughs> and the way angus does it is angus like covers the entire stage <laughs> up and down runs up a- runs around and and again t- talking about like timing with guitars with guitars but it-, it doesn't matter how easy someone might think a um a, a piece of music is you you don't get the timing you ain't got time and you ain't got shit, right? And uh, yeah, he is fucking serious, seriously good. <clears throat> like I say, talking about how raw uh, their 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 style is, and his solos just it just matches it just matches in so well with like the rest of the band. So I think from what I can gather from ACDC, there's no ego <laughs> there at all. They're not an egotistical band. They're not like, look how fucking great we are. They just, they go out on stage, they do their thing, and then they fuck off. And they are, they're fucking brilliant. You you can't fault them. <coughs> Excuse I. Yeah, just, just a phenomenal band. Well, again, we're reaching that halfway point. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I do record my videos on my phone. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't want my phone breaking on me, and I haven't got one of those. I ain't got one of those fucking fancy £1,000 phones. So uh, I'm going to s- stop the video now. Uh, and if you jump over on Spotify, you can catch the rest of this podcast. <clears throat> but um, for now, I've got to call it a day on YouTube. So if you want to listen to the rest, jump on Spotify. If you like what I'm doing, please. Oh, excuse I again. Uh, please do subscribe. Uh, hop over onto Facebook. You can see us on there, Savage Southern R. But uh, yeah, this I say that's all for the video for now. But I'm going to carry on talking. But like I say before, that's going to be on the the podcast. So if you want to have a listen to it on there, uh, if not, I <clears throat> hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. And uh, I'll see you uh, see you later's. Tada. Right, okay, so that's, as I say, if you've come back from the YouTube video, hello. I hope you have enjoyed what you have heard. As I say, I've just finished talking about um, singing the praises of uh, Angus Young uh, for being a fucking brilliant player. And uh, anyway, we're going to carry on. Uh, Tragically, this next person did die uh, in uh, October last year. And, uh, yeah. It's Mr. Eddie Van Halen. Now. Fuck, he's a good player. (laughs) Was a good player. Absolutely a a demon. Now, uh, I think some people get a little bit finicky because Van Halen as a band aren't... Well, they weren't as consistently heavy, I suppose, is the way of putting it, as people might have wanted them to be. I mean, even the song Jump. I mean, that's not exactly a heavy rock song. Or you wouldn't put it there. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of keyboard. It's very '80s. There's a lot. it I mean, the, the most of the mu- music background for that, it's not played through like lead guitar carried. It's more a uh, synthesizer carried. But that solo comes in, and when it does, it's oh, it's a demon. He's a demon. Now talking about tap had people tapped before van halen yes had people tapped to the quality of eddie van halen well if they did it hadn't been noticed so um possibly not possibly not and uh, he again about brian may being one a big one for harmonies and his playing eddie loved fucking about with harmonies as well and jesus did he make it work did he make it work, again I talk earlier, I talk about like you know I've mentioned it before about Brian May building his guitar, something that wasn't done uh, before him, that I am aware of and definitely not to the quality of life that um, Brian May had done I mean he still plays that guitar today and uh, yeah again I think that must be around 50 years old that guitar now or around that anyway, uh, well Van Halen Eddie Van Halen he got he got famous because he liked the feel of the uh of a Strat, of a fender, fender stratcaster. But he liked the tones and the sounds of the uh humbucker pickup that you get off a uh, Gibson. I think he played a Gibson beforehand. So he um he done a chop he done a chop shop job. Uh, on the on the guitars. He uh, re, uh, chip, chipped out the uh, the correct shape to fit in a humbucker pedal, in a uh, pedal pickup in the body of a uh, Fender Stratocaster and uh, come up with a crazy paint job on it. And the uh, infamous Frankenstrat was born. Now, I actually have made my own uh, copy of the Frankenstrat uh, I've called it Frankenstrat's Monster and I might well put up a d- uh, video of it uh, later I mean if you if you go on to the um, Savage Southerner Facebook page there's pictures of it there um, and uh, yeah the the paint job wasn't exactly a matching <laughs> but uh, that's why I called it Frankenstrat's Monster I was like I wanted, I wanted to do a copy but it didn't quite work out and when I knew it wasn't going to quite work out I thought well there's no point Aiming for an exact copy, if I'm not going to get it. So uh, uh, yeah, so I didn't. Uh, but it's still I, I followed his um his pickup system though. So the the body of a Stratocaster, I uh, got a hammer and a chisel, and uh, chopped out the uh, s- space to fit in a humbucker pickup. Uh, kept one of the old uh, pickup uh, single coil pickups. And uh, the selector switch toggle switch, and uh, so like glued them into the body so uh, you could see them. The idea was initially he wanted uh, he didn't he wanted to copy that, he wanted a guitar that people weren't going to be easily able to copy. Now, of course, as as it turned out down the future, people did do copies of it, some more successful than others, but again, you can't take away the fact. That what he did hadn't been done before, and I think he had one of the first um, Floyd Rose bridge uh, systems, uh, tremolo systems, because um, uh, again it, it, it allows for much better, uh, uh, more crazy harmonic work, harm, harmonies work, and uh, dive bombs and um, like squeals and stuff, you know. A lot more crazy sounds than what the standard Tremolo system uh, allows for a um, on a Stratocaster. Anyway, he's a great player. And again, influential to the 10th degree. Uh, like I say, Van Halen may not be consistently heavy. Um, I know a lot of the work they've done with uh, Sammy Hagar, so originally they, when the, on only vocals they had uh, David Leroff but the, they split ways and they brought in uh, Sammy Hagar again a good singer some of their work then was a little bit more lighter than uh, some of their earlier stuff but it's still fucking good and the guitar work is fucking phenomenal so uh, yeah definitely one of my one of my faves I'm uh, gonna carry on doing me list next uh, another big british player tony iomi uh, a fucking an institution now black sabbath are potentially and probably if we're all honest the uh the the, the big godfathers of heavy metal uh Judas Priest were actually around the same-ish time. I think they formed around the same-ish time. Both bands, both big bands from uh, Birmingham. But uh, what makes IOMI so iconic is uh, he actually chopped off the tips of uh, two of his fingers. It was, the, his, it was the last day in a factory job he was working at before he was going to pursue a career as a musician. And, uh, yeah, uh, he... um obviously got pretty broken up by the fact that he'd uh, well, chopped off two of the fingers, you know, for a guitarist who now has two less fingers, uh, it makes things a lot harder but uh, a guy who'd worked at the factory with him brought a a, a record round of a guitarist who ha- who only had two fingers and I think it gave Iami a bit of inspiration and he built these two like your sewing set, you got thimbles. You know, you put the thimble on your finger or your thumb to stop it pricking and what have you. Well, they were kind of like those sort of shaped, and he made these like artificial tips to to go on to go on his fingers, so he was still able to uh, play and uh, you know structure up uh, chord shapes and solos and what have you. And uh, yeah, to to not give that man credit. It's sort of it's like denying, well, it's denying heavy metal for a start, and for a second, the uh, the work ethic. Uh, that's that's a big thing, a big thing to me, because I mean, as I say, I am a struggling, struggling guitarist, musician, uh, and the, the the um, especially as now during this time of lockdown, you know, the the the, the ambition to just like have no ambition. To call it a day, you know, I've got four children as well, you know, the, how much rehearsal time I get is often dictated by, you know, school. And then the kids, the kids. Are, here in the UK, the kids have only recently gone back to school. There's been months of time of getting, like, well, I've got an hour, I can get an hour's rehearsal time in here. I have been focusing a lot more on uh, guitar work than I have uh, vocals, uh, as a result, my vocals have slightly suffered, so it's trying to bring it all back to the check. but when you hear about, like, artists who have gone, or musicians who have gone above and beyond to carry on, and not only carry on, but to become so influential, and all of that aside, be such a fucking brilliant player, as, 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 I, as I owe me is. And um yeah, yeah, so again, my list, brilliant player. Fucking brilliant player. Uh, moving on, uh, still it's still in line with uh, the name Ozzy Osbourne. Because Ozzy was the lead singer of um Black Sabbath to begin with. Uh Black Sabbath split for a while and when they did, Ozzy went to do some solo work and he uh, got the um got a young man by the name of Randy Rhodes to uh do lead guitar for him and randy rhodes was a fucking a gem an unbelievable again it was one of those moments w- within the metal community of the people have said when they heard randy pe- people you know they went back to they ran away in the cave you know <laughs> leaving the guitar on a rubbish tip or something because Again, it. I mean, I, I've mentioned. I know I mentioned earlier about you know classical inspired players. Well, he was a classically trained guitarist, and funnily enough, he wasn't. He wasn't a big metal fan. that I'm. You know, when well, not when he started, but again, I think it's because the um, because of the tones. It's all about. It's all about the tones, and the sounds. Because of, because of the tones, you and the sounds you get the notes. ...that you get through music... ...through classical... Uh, ...guitar... ...the way that... Uh, ...randy s- said it... Tra- ...the way it transpired... ...or transfigured... ...or trans... ...something... ...all... <laughs> ...the way it blended... ...that's the word... ...we'll go with blended... ...the way it blended in... ...so well... ...with heavy... ...riffs and chugging... ...heavy metal... ...it was just... ...it was just fucking phenomenal... ...and again... With again a, that that use of um classical like licks that went that played over so well in uh in with some of the the heavier leads and riffs that uh, came off uh Ozzy's uh albums, so that's definitely the first two. Well, r- unfortunately, Randy was only with Ozzy Osbourne for his first two albums, which was um The Blizzard of Oz. Which was the first one, and the uh, Diary of a Madman, and well, I mean, off off the top of my head, Um, Crazy Train, fucking brilliant. And again, what as I talk, I was talking about like the little subtle licks that he would put in with the lead, um, with the uh, with the choruses after the first, going off the world in my crazy train. There's this little run down. And and again, I mean Fi- mon- once you've I think once you've heard classical music, or es- especially classical guitar pieces or what have you, you can sort of like Oh, I see what he did there. He sort of brought that little bit in there, those section of notes, in this scale uh, diminished, minor, and then he put it there and yeah, I see I see what he done there. I mean it wasn't just one hundred percent I mean, you 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 can't not hear the uh, classical inspirations with uh, Randy's work, but also there was some. There's some like uh, blues inspired licks um, in some of the songs as well. If you, you know, if you listen out for it. But yeah, he was Randy Rhodes was just a a phenomenal. And again, I mean, I mean a lot of the guitar, a lot of the guitarists I'm listing off here um i don't simply i mean i obviously i go by you know if uh if i'm attracted to the music they play but also if you think of their um how they have inspired uh musicians from you know future onwards and uh yeah fucking amazing and i'll carry on with ozzy's uh solo guitarist like i like i say um Unfortunately, uh, Randy Rhodes did die in a plane crash. Um, there was another guitarist before him. I think he was called Jake E. Lee. I want to say that, but I'll probably get it wrong. But uh, the the big name I know about after that was a man by the name of Zach Wild, and he is a beast, <laughs> absolute beast. Especially now, he now he's like a caveman, a caveman Viking beast, lo- long-haired, big-beard, big-built fucking demon of a guitarist. Fucking amazing. Heavily... I'd say more more heavily uh, blues-infused uh, uh, fucking brilliant <laughs> metal guitarist. He has wrote in some demons of, of tracks. Um, oh. As well as doing like solo work with Ozzy, I'm not sure if he 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 still does, so I'm not gonna um, call that one out. But he has his um, his own band, uh, Black Label Society, and uh, they they are chugging heavy band. They have uh, written some more like uh, more ballady-esque songs, but uh, that's probably around about. 70% of, um, what they put out, and, uh, the rest is just really chugging heavy. Uh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. Famously wrote a song uh, called, uh, In This River. And, the the video for that was, uh, pretty much dedicated to a guitarist who, um, who we lost by the name of, uh, Dimebag Darrell. Uh, I'll talk about him later, <laughs> definitely. Well, after this, because they, they they were both they were they were very, they were friends with each other, and uh... yeah, we lost Steinberg, fucking tragically. But uh, but anyway, quickly, uh, quickly finish off talking about Zach. Um, heavy distortioned, heavy use of wah, but again, it worked. It worked within within his format. Like I say, like in the same way I believe Slayer worked very well in their format, fucking Zach Wild does the same. Does he use the wire pedal a lot? Yes. Does he use a phaser a lot? Yes. Does it sound good? Yes. So, fucking deal with it. (laughs) But yeah, a a really, really good player. As I was talking uh, about there, I'll talk about next on my list is uh dimebag darrell Oh, yeah like i say it was a tragically lost dimebag darrell some fucking arsehole got up on stage it, quickly um dimebag darrell was in the band called pantera with his brother vinny paul on drums and uh yeah that band uh split up had their split ways and uh dimebag and his brother vinny paul they went on to another band called Damage Plan and they were playing, they were doing a live gig and this uh, guy came up on stage and uh, shot Dimebag Daryl and uh, killed him. Uh, I think in the long run it, w- it was something to do with the band splitting up. I mean, the guy was fucking shot away anyway. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we lost that. and uh, that's a fucking crying... Criminal shame uh, to the to the yeah to, to the no, no, I mean yeah to, obviously to, to the heavy metal industry uh, crowd, but not only to to the heavy metal industry and crowd. I would say to guitarists in general, because he was a fucking unbelievable guitarist. Famous famous uh, use <laughs> of technique is uh, what's called the uh, the squeals. And uh, yeah, I try. I, I try and recreate, but you get to touch them the way he does. How he works the flick off the um, the G string on the court on the <laughs> guitar. No smiles. We're being serious now. Serious pro- professional musician talking. And uh, he uses the um, his, is trem bar and drops it all the way down, and then uh, taps a harmonic off the G string and brings it back up a lot of wah a lot of distortion and gets these real like screams uh, out of the guitar Uh, best example of that would be a song called Cemetery Gates um off yeah and uh yeah fucking brilliant and and a phenomenal player again it was a mix um had the speed um uh but again, a big fan of the um, of the Randy Rhodes crowd, Randy Rhodes-esque inspirations as well. M- big, massive, like uh, blues-infused as well, and uh, a phenomenal player. I don't know anyone with a bad word uh, in terms of his musical prowess. Yeah, about uh, Dimebag Daryl, because he was. He was fucking amazing. (sighs) Anyway. Anyway, come on. I've got to keep it together. Moving on. And I'm going to go from one Texas-based guitarist to another. By way of Mr. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Another one we uh, tragically lost. Too soon. And he was probably the probably the the best blues player of all time oh it's it is he's hands down find a dvd of his and watch it it's it's c- completely phenomenal i mean most of his gigs you hardly see his eyes ever open it's sort of like the guitar's just there and he's just fucking doing whatever he wants to it <laughs> amazing he's a big hendrix fan and a uh, Covered a couple of uh, Hendrix numbers and gee, he didn't half sound fucking close. He didn't half sound close to Hendrix. He's, oh, just, again, I mean, this is it. Talk about, you know, the inspirational uh, effect of a lot of these guitarists. And obviously, if it weren't for Hendrix, would we have got Stevie Ray Vaughan? Maybe. He probably would have still played guitar. But he wouldn't have had that Hendrix influence, which I think put him above other blues artists. I mean, yeah, I mean he is a blues man, but he also has that that touch of extremeness from uh, from Hendrix. As a song of his, um, oh, what is it called? Oh, I think I've forgotten it. <laughs> I think I've forgotten. Texas Flood. That's it. Oh, I knew it. I knew it was there somewhere. And um, when you see it, <laughs> there's some live footage of it. Because there's some serious work on there. Again, it's essentially a pentatonic scaled uh, lead mixing with solo. Some evil bends in it. He was a... That, one of his main techniques was the bends he put on it. Oh, and he had a heavy gay... He had a heavier gauge uh, than normal uh, strings and he would bend them like a step and a half up and it was, oh, fucking brilliant. And um, anyway, there's some live footage of him somewhere playing Texas Flood. And uh, he, uh, put, he 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 was famous. He got pretty well known for playing the guitar behind his back. But he would be playing the guitar behind his back. Lead, so not like not just not not making it easy on himself and just strumming, but doing like a pentatonic solo around the uh, around the G chord uh, up the so up the top of the neck and singing at the same time and not missing a single fucking note. Yeah, It's phenomenal. It's absolutely just it is another world. It's another case of like, you know, part alien. <laughs> you know, how can anyone be how can anyone be that fucking good? I mean obviously I mean it's quite simple, isn't it? you know, it's it's effort, timing, you know, you have got you got to put the hours in. But yeah, just watching him fucking set fire to the stage is incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. Yes. Well, moving on. I'm going to go with a. I'm uh, going to find another. Well, I got got two more left. Um, uh, two, two English. Uh, well, no, no, no. I tell a lie. Three more left. Two English and one Irish. Um, I'll go with one of the English players first. Mark Noffler of Dire Straits. Now he has a serious fucking technique. Serious techniques. Again, he's a he's a he's a finger player. He doesn't um, doesn't use a pick. And he's, he, he's I mean, as I say, Dire Straits are no way, shape, or form a heavy rock band. I mean, you, you put them within within rock, they you know they're they by no way, shape, or form a fucking pop band. But um, they have really got some teeth. But well. Mark Knopfler, you know, I've got some teeth behind his playing. Um, obviously, I, what can I think of? Um, someone's a swing. That, and again, the brilliant song about the brilliant, the brilliant song about that song. The brilliant thing about that song is you've got like um, you've got uh, like chord structure that carries the um, carrying the song, and then you've got these like little lead parts underneath it that blend in with it. And again, he was the singer of the group. Or was is the the singer of the group? So again, it's um, I mean, being able to play guitar and sing at the same time. You know, people often said that um, when he came across the scene, they said that uh, Bob Dylan was a genius because he could play guitar and sing at the same time. And I suppose he had the uh, he had the mouth organ as well. He could play mouth organ, harmonica, whatever I can call it. He uh, he played the harmonica as well as playing, but. I mean yeah it was good and his lyrics were fucking genius but he was strumming chords which is you no know, it, again it's still it's all about timing you see but t- finding the right timing in strumming and finding the right timing in picking or playing out like a little solo is different and as I say Mark Knopfler he, he threw down some serious lead in um insulting a swing but uh it's not just that though there's you know other tunes of theirs that um brothers in arms uh, R- Romeo and Juliet that's like an acoustic number and but again it's um because again he, he he has his folk um influences as well and he's just a great he he's a great player he's a great player. What's that? Money for nothing. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So Mark Knopfler, I do like a bit. Of I do like a bit of Dire Straits every now and again. Um, the Irishman I was talking about, Mr. Gary Moore, rest his soul. Now, Gary Moore was probably most famous near the end I remember he was quoted as saying as, um, the the blues saved his life because <laughs> he was um, f- fucking you know off top of my head still got the blues for you Parisian Walkways those two songs I reckon he could have he could probably have retired on those two songs and what a what a what a fucking player a demon An- another demon I would say Life footage is the best way to go about it, to see what I'm talking about. Because he was fucking brilliant. And he had done some heavier stuff. I do believe he played with Thin Lizzy at one point. I do believe. Um, if I'm wrong, well, you know, I'm, I'm wrong. I can't remember everything. I really should research more, but I thought I'll just list up my favourite. Uh, some of my favourite guitarists and talk about them and uh, well with a lot of them I'm not going to tell a lie I don't know loads much other than I love their playing and their style but (laughs) I thought I'd tell you anyway get personal (laughs) but yeah but Gary Moore has written a lot of heavy stuff Uh, prior to he went more uh, blues rooted Um, but uh, a brilliant player Oh, there's, a, there's an ins, an instrumental of his called the the mes, the Messiah will come, and that is definitely worth a watch. It's got these um and a listen, well do both. Watch a video of it on YouTube. There's a live video of it on uh, on YouTube, and well, there's I more than one, but one of the ones I've seen it's about 10 minutes long, and it's it. You're watching it, it's like oh behave yourself for being so good. Um, it's got like a there's a like a back, back in, like very simple drum, like. D- 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 tss, d- 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 I think there's some keyboard behind it, just carrying, like, you know, some chords. Da- da. And uh, Gary Moore steps up to the plate and starts with. um... There's, there's like a slow chorusy. Slow, slow chorusy. I can behave yourself, Paul. There's like a slow verse uh lead over it heavily bluesy lots of like bends you know lots of like typical gary Moore bends gary Moore blues bends and uh at the end of uh, closer to the end of the vernus uh burners verse the, <laughs> the tempo on the drum changes and the uh, the 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 and then there's a stop for a couple of seconds and on the build-up to that stop, you can so some of the bends get a bit more crazy, and then you get a bit of crazy guitar bits starting out here. It's getting a little bit heavier. He's going from the blues. He's going back into the more heavier rock rock style, and then during that couple of seconds, there'll be something like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> like crazy bit of um, uh, crazy bit of lead played over that, and I think that's that. It's fuck. It's just fucking amazing. It is just absolutely fucking amazing. So yeah, that's uh, Gary Moore. And now I'm going to finish with a man. I'm quite lucky enough to say that I know. Um, well, I've met personally and had a chat and um, whatever else. Band. He was first met him. I was working in a pub, and uh, we were pub. We had music. We done music, and uh, it was uh, one of the most popular bands on the south. Uh, they were called the Toy Boys back then. I knew them before they changed their name to Lynchpin. So I think if you looked on, look if you followed them on, I know he's on YouTube. You can find him on YouTube. His name's Jerry Hearn. A lot of say. Uh, he was. Uh, they were. They were a cover band, a uh, rock and metal covers band, as uh, Toy Boys. So he then turned over to Lynchpin. He was. He done a Gary Moore tribute band called Have Some More. And currently, he is the lead guitarist for a band called Kiss the Gun. They've got uh, they've got a couple of albums. I don't know. Oh, actually I'm well chuffed. I've, they've done a little competition on Facebook uh, for winning a signed copy of their latest album, and uh, I won one. Hey, brilliant! And that is a fucking amazing album. Uh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Um. <laughs> And he is just fucking unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Hearn, and you, 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 you're blown. I remember the first time I watched him. Um, I was, I think, I, I think I was supposed to be working that day, so I was behind the bar, and I think a couple of times, I wasn't very, wasn't, I was a bit distracted, so I was just looking at him playing. And it was just sort of like fucking hell, because he he plays, um, uh, he. They, they were covering uh, a lot of Talica, but um, I saw him covering uh, Satch number, uh, Joe Satriani number, and it was sort of like, it's it's note perfect. It's note perfect. There's nothing wrong. The, the funny thing, uh song I was talking about earlier, the uh, Hall of the Mountain King, the uh, Rainbow, um, when I was talking about uh, Richie Blackmore, the first time I heard that song was when I heard uh, Lynchpin do a cover of it. And... Um, at the end of it, I, I said oh, I didn't know. I thought it, I, I thought they I thought they'd wrote a song using that tune by Edvard Gregg. and I said to Jerry then I was like I was like was that that piece by uh, Edvard Gregg? He gave me a funny sort of look and he went, No, it's from Rainbow. And of course I didn't I didn't I'll be honest I was very ignorant. I didn't know Rainbow had done a done a song called Hall of the Mountain King, but um, but the speed in which he plays it 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 was sort of like fucking hell. It's just He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player, and um, I say the band he done have some more. Well, I saw them. Uh, me and my wife saw them a couple of years ago. They uh, they got back together. I think it was just for like a one-off gig thing at uh, one of the local pubs. And uh, I just, well, I, I'm I'm based in Canterbury now, but I I lived in uh, I went back to, to Southampton for a while. My uh, my hometown, Southampton. Uh, me and my wife lived there for a couple of years. And uh, then moved back to Kent. But anyway, I'm I'm waffling on here. And uh, they the pub they played at uh, we used to live about five about 20 minute walk away from it. So anyway, I'd all I'd missed seeing them as have some more when they were when they were regular because I was living in Kent. And uh, yes, yeah, so I missed out. So I never got. by the time I moved uh, back to Southampton for a wee while, uh, they weren't doing have. Uh, have some more anymore <laughs> so um, I was like oh I missed out but I'd heard him play a couple of um, Gary Moore songs uh, they'd covered them when they were at the uh, uh, linchpin format and when I saw them cover I was sort of like it's it's note perfect it's note but, but like I say I mean I I think the reason why I didn't realise exactly how note perfect the um, Gary Moore stuff was is because it you know, as Lynchpin, they, they don't, they're not a cover. They don't cover one particular act, you know. They're, so you get all sorts of music players. i say a bit of Metallica, Joe Satriani, they played a bit of Muse, played a couple of bits of Gary Moore, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so it didn't exactly differentiate as a um, standalone Gary Moore tribute act. But when they came back together for like, that one off gig, Um, I said to the wife I was like right I'm going to see if I can get the day off a couple of days off work and we'll go down and watch them because I missed them when they were performing before so that's what we did and you there was there's no difference between the way they play it and how you hear Gary Moore play it it's sort of like there's there's no fucking difference you could you can shut your eyes (laughs) if you want and be at a Gary Moore gig it was absolutely it's fucking astonishing. Um, also, the, uh, like I say, um, they, 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 they cover, um, a bit of, uh, Satriani. What was it, uh, The Extremist, when, um, I see The Extremist. Well, I was watching, gentlemen, I mean, I'm, uh, as struggling as I am, the guitar is still my main instrument, so I often watch, um, Jerry, uh, especially when, it, when the solos come up, or the instrumentals. And, um, if anyone sees footage of, um, uh, Joe Satriani, when he uh, plays and does his like crazy artificial harmonics, he um, he uses his fretting hand to hold the uh, the tremolo bar and then plays the uh, uh, string open and gets the thing. And I saw Jerry doing it before I'd seen Satriani do it. <laughs> it was it was phenomenal. I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke out this bloke's ass because I know him. Because, I mean, as much as, you know, I know him, but we're not, like, fucking big f- friends or anything, you know. But, um, no, I know him and respect him as a player, because he is fucking amazing. And if, say, if you've not heard of him before, or you've not seen any of his material, Google it. If you Google Jerry Hearn uh, and a video, th- th- there'll be, like, there'll be mixtures of videos. Either that, or you could Google have some more there's a couple of um have some more videos uh, that have been uploaded as well but uh like i say whenever i've been to um to see jerry play either in either uh, lynchpin or when i saw them as have some more i have always come away from that wanting to be better <laughs> you know i mean, I mean i'm all, you know you most musicians are always you know seeking ways for Improvement, but I have walked out of there and been like, I want to play like that. I want to play like Jerry, <laughs> you know. And uh, so yeah, I mean that's why he's on here. Well, I'd, say, I'd say every guitarist I've listed off so far, I consider influential. You know, as I say, some of them are like, uh, like just um, uh, instrumentalists. Like I say, the likes of Jeff Beck. But again, the influence of Jeff Beck would be his. The use of harmonies and how it can be slow and beautiful, but but sing and ring. Um, as I said, just quickly, I touched on Mark Knopfler. Um, he again with it's, it's extreme. It's it's the extreme awesomeness of what you think is going to be not that difficult but then you look at it and you try it and you try and recreate and it's sort of like you know what i don't even fucking know this is brilliant i think if you hear songs that you think that's fucking amazing and you hear more than one of them and you're like right the guitarist's amazing then you know that's when i start thinking no i'll give i'll give credit where credit is due and uh give them a fair mention um and obviously um, (laughs) unfortunately um a lot of the, a lot of these guitarists I've list we've lost, um, but they have they've left the mark. Like I say, I'll I'll go back to Hendrix. He probably he pre- he probably left the biggest mark there is with rock guitar uh, because he was showing people. Well, this is what you can do. It's like no no you can do it. We can't. You can do it, but we'll work on it. And uh, yeah yeah and that's the lot as I say that is my um my biggest I would say my biggest guitarist influencers and probably the ones I I would put down is the best uh but again everyone's always entitled to their own opinion some can agree some can disagree and yeah but there we go that's what I've put down is my lot I'd, I'd say all of them are worth a listen to if you like your uh slightly heavier guitar and uh or instrumentally guitar or well whatever the whatever the fuck. But there you go. Yeah, those are my lot. Um working on a new podcast soon. Not quite sure yet, but I might dive away from music and you know, touch on another subject. At the end of the day, if it's something I'm if it's something I'm passionate about and can talk about a lot, then I'll I'll do a podcast of it. So as I say, I mean, so far the ones I've done on on music, I'm well, you know, I'm passionate the way I waffle on about it. Um, but yeah, we'll see what we'll see what I come up with next time. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Right. Well, in the meantime, I do hope you've enjoyed listening to me and uh, made it to the end. <laughs> like I, like I said before, in the thing. Uh, if you did, if you did watch the video on YouTube, I hope you subscribed. If you didn't, if you consider doing it for me and do it, that would be very nice. Uh, likewise, if you pop over on Facebook, look under the Savage Southern R podcast. You'll see me there. Uh, in the meantime, that is the lot, and you'll take care now. Tada!